This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Trend. I'm your host, Jay, and today I'm joined with a special guest, Michael Cole, the VP of Marketing at Everflow, a partner marketing platform. Michael, welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you here. So just for our audience listening in, I'd love for you to kind of give a little bit of an intro about yourself and what exactly does Everflow do and what is a partner marketing platform? Hey, everyone. About me, I uh, lead the marketing at Everflow. And before that, I did mobile user acquisition as a client um, using Everflow. So I know it super well from the inside and outside. And Long ago, when I was first getting started in the industry, I was doing uh, affiliate management for uh, a little boutique agency, managing some uh, small brands. And I will always remember with the affiliate management, one of my colleagues uh, complaining about how teeny our clients were. And then some of those clients ended up being uh, Shopify. Uh, we started their affiliate program, uh, Quest Bar, which is a billion dollar uh, plus um health snack, et cetera. Uh, so it turned out we actually had some pretty good clients despite that. Um, so I bring together the uh, combination of experiences of mobile user acquisition, um, the video ad tech world, and then affiliate marketing. Um, and that's all fed into um, all the marketing that I do at Everflow. Um, so a little bit about Everflow itself. Uh, so we're a partner marketing platform. And what that means is it's basically a fancy term for a combination of things. So affiliate networks and affiliate programs have existed for the last couple of decades. If you think of any e-commerce brand, uh, they have an affiliate program. Uh, I think they were saying that something like Amazon has like 40% of all of their sales from uh, come through affiliates. So affiliates is still a pretty serious business. Um, but a lot of uh, affiliates um, that are traditional and programs are a little bit lower quality. So uh, affiliate as a word has sort of become devalued um, because traditional affiliate marketing is so dominated by coupon sites. So if you ever look up a coupon online, every single site you see is a uh, affiliate. So if you go to like Retail Me Not, et cetera, those are all affiliates and they get paid for any sell you, you do through those coupon codes. The problem with that is that it, with affiliate marketing, it's almost always last click attribution, which means whatever ad you click last gets credit. So if you're buying from, say, like a Nike or whatever, uh, if you check a coupon site right before you purchase um, and you click on that link, uh, they're getting credit for that sale no matter who else was involved. So you might have read 10 content sites. You might have come through an influencer who you really trusted to go purchase that product. But as soon as you go to a coupon site, they get credit. And because this is so widespread in affiliate marketing, it's devalued that concept, which is why um, partner marketing is sort of like a revival of doing the best parts of affiliate marketing, which are tried and proven um, with more data, more analytics, and the ability to track way more channels. So in Everflow's case, we track that affiliate marketing side. We track any in-app uh, activities like such as app installs, et cetera. We track your influencer marketing. And we can also track anything like search engine marketing, Facebook ads, et cetera. And the great thing about being able to track everything in one place 
it means that you can actually compare and see the data against each other. So that's a really long answer, but I figure it gives some insights into the space as a whole and sort of where we fit in it. Yeah, I appreciate you going in depth with that, um, especially for a lot of brands. It's maybe their first time kind of starting in e-commerce. There's so many e-commerce brands nowadays and it's growing every single day. So I think that's a really good way to kind of intro about that space for people that don't really know as much as someone who's been there for 10, 15 years. So thanks for jumping into that. Um, so I have a question for you, actually. So we've talked about a little bit, you know, you mentioned the couponing um, and affiliate marketing being a really high sales driver, right? A lot of these people, a lot of companies are using affiliate marketing to generate a ton of revenue. You said 40% of Amazon comes through affiliates. Um, so let's kind of talk about, you know, everyone kind of realizes there's a lot of buzzwords, you know, affiliate marketing, huge sales generator, influencer marketing, huge sales generator. Why is there so much of a discrepancy in how to track the data that gets that comes in from those sales, right? Because it's it's tough to track um, where you're getting the sale from and whether it was actually because especially in influencer marketing, affiliate, not as much, but influencer marketing, um, it's tougher to track the sale because people's attribution models just are so behind. Like, why do you think that's the case that, you know, some, a lot of people are saying influencer marketing is a really high ROI activity. And then uh, for a lot of brands, they're just not seeing the return on the data side. Yeah. So it boils down to what I mentioned before. So part of the reason is because influencer marketing gets put into two different buckets inside of a company. So you have like, brand awareness influencer marketing that has no tie to performance. It's not being tracked for that. Those people are not, like that side of the company is not being evaluated for the performance side. Their job is just brand awareness and just how much likes and how much reach it's gotten. And so they're not looking at the performance side. Then you have the other side of influencer marketing, which um, traditionally has lived inside of the affiliate program. And for that side, um, it's all performance focused, et cetera. But like I said, that gets skewed as well, because as soon as you're inside an affiliate program, um, those influencers are now competing with coupons. Um, so like the savvy marketers, like they know how to either dedupe or protect themselves from coupons getting credit for sales that they probably shouldn't get credit for. Um, in our case, we do this through uh, a thing called click to conversion time, uh, which is basically seeing the time between an ad gets clicked on, an influencer's post gets clicked on, from that time that that gets post, that click, that click comes in to the time that they purchase from your site, uh, we can actually track that difference. And it makes it really easy to see like what's a legitimate sell and what's not. Because if you're thinking about a normal funnel, if you go through an influencer and then you get to say, uh, I need to come up with a new example here. So let's go with like Zappos in this case. So you go from an influencer to Zappos. Um, when you get to Zappos, you have to shop. You have to make a decision. You look through the product lines. You find out what shoes you want, et cetera. That's going to take you a couple of minutes to decide on what you actually want to buy from Zappos. You then have to fill in all your information to complete the purchase, and then you purchase. So the click to conversion time there would be like three to four minutes, which is normal. But say the marketer behind Zappos is looking at their data. And they see one of their affiliates is driving a ton of purchases within a click to conversion time of like, say, under 30 seconds. 
no user can get to the website, finish shopping, and then purchase within 30 seconds. So that should be a red flag. And the most likely thing that happened is that they came from an influencer. They did a ton of shopping. They decided what they what shoes they wanted to buy. And then right before they purchased, they looked up a coupon. And then as they were about to purchase, they went to that coupon site. The coupon site then took credit for the click because you click through the coupon site, it fires off a new tracker. Um, and then the purchase happens, the coupon site gets credit, but the click to conversion time is suspicious because it's so short. Um, so that's how we protect it internally um, to avoid that situation. But it's part of the, the main problem with this system is that by having it just be like all about awareness or all about performance, you're not seeing enough data points to actually evaluate like, are the influencers A, driving sales? B, if they're driving sales, like are they getting credit for all the sales that they should have gotten credit for? And then C, sort of the engagement around that. Um, so that's sort of like the big picture thing. Uh, did you want me to go more into like the tracking side of it? Yeah, I'd love you to step into the tracking side of it, especially I think one question that you could help answer for a lot of the brands out there that are doing influencer marketing or affiliate marketing and kind of are unsure about their their ROI, whether it's brand awareness or direct sales. Um, what exactly should you be tracking for? I think that's something that that comes up a lot in terms of uh, figuring out what the value of your actions are. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to track for the initial conversion. Um, usually that's purchases, but in some cases it's lead generation, et cetera. In addition, you want to track engagement events. Uh, so with engagement events, um, you want to see things like, did they sign up for newsletters? Um, did they do upsells, et cetera? So you want to have additional data points to evaluate the value of a customer. Um, so that's just things that you want to track is just make sure that you're focusing on your ROI, but that's not the whole picture because an influencer can drive a customer who's a lot more dedicated, can have that word of mouth that is spreading it to other people. Um, and every single user that comes from them that has word of mouth gives you a viral element to them. Um, so that's way more valuable than just a single purchase here or there. And usually paid ads just drive sales. They don't drive that additional engagement. Um, so you want to make sure you're getting a full picture of what matters. In terms of actually tracking that performance, uh, we recommend doing uh, multiple different setups to track different use cases because it's not a, a one option solves all problems. So for us, um, our main recommendation for e-commerce clients is using direct linking. Um, and how direct linking works is traditional affiliate marketing um, has these long and messy affiliate tracking links um, that are encoded. And when that encoded link is visited, it then redirects the user to, say, Nike. Um, so that's how it used to be done. Uh, with direct linking, instead, all the influencer is doing or the affiliate is doing is just sending traffic straight to, say, Nike.com and then adding like PID9. And that PID9 would associate to partner nine inside of their tracking platform. And then when the purchase happens, we would know it came from partner nine we'd be able to give credit to partner nine in our system as delivering that sell. And that way it's easy to track. Um, and this works a lot better for influencers because they don't need to mess with weird links that their followers may not trust. Um, it's very easy for them to shout out, just go straight to Nike 
and put in PID nine, it's a lot more seamless. But even then, um, it's not like the way that that link actually looks is like Nike.com question mark equals PID nine. And as I say that verbally, it's obviously not that easy to shout out in a short influencer piece. Um, and so we recommend a couple other options um, on top of that. So the first one is uh, creating coupon codes that are associated with that partner so that they can do shout outs on like Twitter and Instagram, et cetera, where they're like, hey, um, check out this awesome new shirt um, and put in a uh, code Instafluencer. Um, so that I get credit for. Um, so that's pretty easy to do. Um, they can just be like, say, 15%. Um, they're using a discount, but it's still providing the value because they're reaching their audience and they're bringing them to your site. Um, so it's a lot more high value than, say, just a coupon site that's getting less credit. So that works well. Uh, but there is some issues with that. Um, the most common one is that you still need to do policing um, because the less scrupulous influencers I will actually take that coupon code that you just associated with them and then submit it to all of these coupon sites that have user submissions, which is the vast majority of them. And then someone goes to say like, retail me not, they purchase using that coupon code. Um, the influencer is now getting credit for that sale that they had no involvement with because someone just looked at that website and then went to retail me not and then grabbed that code, not knowing that it was tied to an influencer. So using things like that click the conversion time protection is pretty key there. So you're really making sure that what influencers are driving looks like a normal user is acting like a new user. So you know that they're providing value. And then the final method we have is uh, really ideal for uh, video content. And that's that when you associate a code to an influencer, like uh, the code Instafluencer, we actually create a unique uh, destination page that you can set that the influencer can send traffic to. So that could be like go.nike.com forward slash Instafluencer. And the cool thing about that is just, it's really easy to do a shout out in a video. Um, it doesn't require any technical knowledge from the watcher. Um, so you want to have usually a mix of all of these channels. So you're making sure that you're actually tracking what's working, that there's no leakage, and you're also monitoring it to make sure that your influencers are actually driving the traffic themselves. Thanks for jumping into that. That was, uh, I think there's a lot of actionable tips over there in terms of how brands can improve their tracking and what exactly they should be tracking and measuring for to continue to turn, you know, affiliate and influencer marketing into a high revenue um, marketing channel. So I wanted to ask you another question and kind of jump into there. So like I said, I'm sure a lot of brands, um, and I'm sure you guys get a lot of brands as well that are interested in Everflow's product, but maybe aren't doing the best tracking um, currently. So let's kind of talk through that because obviously, you know, some of these brands that are that are starting up and maybe just just looking to grow and scale fast, maybe they're not ready for a big tracking solution or something like that yet. Um, but obviously we want to continue to educate those customers and kind of get them to that point and help them scale. Why do you think in your opinion that why are influencer and affiliate campaigns important to run, even though they can't be difficult to track? And, you know, you can kind of speak towards, um, what your experience is. And then, uh, I'll jump in and talk about maybe a little bit of stuff that trend does specifically in that sense. It's a bit challenging. Um, my recommendation for tracking is that to start off, um, you can do it through Google Analytics. 
like Google Analytics, at least you can track all these different channels. So you have some internal data um, and that can help you evaluate the effectiveness of the channel. Um, so that would be my recommendation for starting place. Uh, the reason that you typically use a tracking platform uh, to begin with is mainly you want to tie those purchases from influencers and affiliates to um, a monetary value and then pay those partners uh, like 10% of that value or whatever. So at that point, when you want to start paying partners and having them be credited, that's usually when you want a tracking platform. Um, there's quite a few affordable tracking platforms out there that are very basic, um, that are already in the Shopify app, uh, app store, et cetera. Uh, the main problem is that like one of the reasons Everflow's done so well is that like we're a newer company and we're all industry veterans. So we built this from day one to solve a lot of the pain points that we saw. And our competition, almost all of them are at least seven to 10 years old. Um, and the tracking methods that they're using, uh, they somewhat work now, um, but they're rapidly becoming completely ineffective. And that's because if you're looking at almost all of the older tracking platforms, uh, they all use a thing called um, cookie-based tracking. Um, and this is this old method of tracking users to get purchases, et cetera. Um, and that's worked for a long time. But the problem is that uh, Apple, with their ITP changes to Safari, um, no, no longer allows third-party uh, cookie tracking. And Firefox has cut off cookie tracking. And then uh, Google Chrome, which is the biggest browser of all, um, they're talking about turning that off within a year or two. Um, so almost all of these like basic tracking platforms are very quickly going to stop working. There are in-between stages, but I think that most people are going to be better suited to start with Google Analytics, make sure that they're testing out a couple of affiliates and influencers so that they see the success. And then they can just manually every month look up the numbers, tell those partners, hey, we owe you $80 for your sales. Um, we'll be sending that via PayPal or whatever. That's a basic way to start. Um, but then after that, uh, you're probably best suited by getting um, a solution like Everflow or using an in-between phase for a short while, but it will only last a year or two. So just keep that in mind. Um, so I would say that that's the, the biggest tracking issues is just the methodology that's used for it is quickly being shut down and is no longer trusted by the major browsers. Um, so that's what we've mainly seen on our side. Um, and we spend a lot of time helping new clients like figure out how to solve this. Uh, what have you seen on your side, Jay? Yeah, so I think for us, what we're seeing a lot is you definitely want to keep running those programs. Um, and we focus more in on the content side. So I think, um, you know, in terms of you're talking about, I know you mentioned testing different things and kind of figuring out what works best. Same thing kind of over here on our end um, with influencer content, um, you know, affiliates, even creating their own content, user generated content has become such a hot space. And we love helping brands generate more of that because, you know, that's what you can take and put together in your Facebook ad or your Google ad or um, throw onto your newsletter or your website and really see how that performs versus the professionally generated content. And like you said, uh, the best way to see what's performing well is to track it. So, you know, taking that content and being able to track and see what's leading to the purchase 
plugging up those leaks and really just trying to scale that way. And I feel the same exact way. You know, there are ways to to do influencer tracking, affiliate tracking on your own as the same way, you know, if you want to do the content piece using influencers for content, there are ways to do that on your own. You know, you can reach out. But when you really want to start scaling that process, it becomes very difficult. And we've definitely seen it over here at Trend. I'm sure you've seen it at Everflow. It becomes very difficult to be able to track, you know, using 50, 60, 70 different influencers or affiliates to be able to track sales, track content performance, um, track ad performance. It becomes very difficult. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing on our end. It's not just about the tracking. It's also about the trust part. Uh, I mean, whether it's from our perspective or your perspective, it's the same situation where for influencers or affiliates or partners to trust you, they need to have some access to the data themselves so they can see how they're performing, can see that like that their advertiser or client is responding to them, et cetera. And so that's where it becomes like most critical to have a third party here because Google Analytics will tell you internally, but then your affiliates or influencers don't have the trust that they're performing. They don't know to put more time or effort into it. So you really want to have that access to the data in a shareable way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, that's what creates that authentic relationship. And that's what's going to create for us, you know, we're so focused in on authentic content. And that's what ends up driving conversions, driving sales, driving that brand loyalty, building your building a strong brand. And that starts with having authentic relationships with the people that you're working with at a very base level. And I think what you're talking about is a very good way, you know, having that transparency of data and being able to share like, hey, you're doing a really good job. Hey, this content piece that you did is performing really well for us on Facebook ads or is performing really well for us on our newsletter or just even generally speaking, like your post is doing really well. Um, I think having those kind of metrics and being able to share with your influencer or an affiliate how well they're doing um, is just great for continuing to grow that relationship. And it kind of makes you excited to want to work with that person and keep keep moving forward with that brand. Um, so you kind of think that people are doing things the right way. Um, I know I've lot, asked a lot of questions over here. I'd love to be able to turn it over to you if you have any questions to to ask for us that we can share some more light on. And just echo, like never forget how important positive reinforcement is. Uh, every influencer, like they're all humans. And it's really easy to get discouraged when you're just putting a lot of work in and you're not seeing anything in return. So never forget how important it is to just be like, hey, thanks for sharing, et cetera. Because like the, the simplest like response and stuff like that, it's, it's sadly rare. And that's the stuff that people really respond to. Um, yeah, I, I had a question for you. Like um, I, I did some branded content back in the day and we always had this tricky thing of like, how do you uh, protect the brand messaging? So a lot of brands, especially larger brands, start to get protective about what can be shown and what can be said about brands. Like, how do you guys handle that? Yeah, so internally, especially, I guess, speaking to our platform, specifically in our platform, we have a section for post guidelines where we have sections outlined that say like, hey, here are the points you want to talk about. Here are the points we don't want you to mention. Here are the accounts that we want you to tag, the hashtags that we want you to use. 
I think having kind of that campaign brief put together, a lot of people I see doing influencer marketing, not that well, um, end up just, you know, searching for some influencers, searching for some people they can do some affiliate marketing with and say, Hey, would you like to promote our product? Like, and then they'll send them the product and hope for the best, cross their fingers, hope for the best. Um, I think the best way to kind of protect for that is to put together a campaign brief. It's kind of like, uh, you know, if you ever partner with another business or another brand or anything like that, um, you'd want to protect your brand. And the best way to do that is to kind of outline, hey, this is what our brand is all about. This is what the key talking points we want you to hit on. Um, if it's for a specific product, here are the key points we want you to hit on for that product. Um, and then make sure you outline what you don't want people to say, because I think that's that's the big thing, right? Um, you know, some people can just really go off the rails and do something that's totally out there. Another thing I've seen that's really effective, um, especially, you know, we're so focused on the actual content part, the actual image or video. Um, one thing that we've seen especially effective is having a style guide, like put together what maybe a sample of uh, three to five images of what that content, what that finished product is supposed to look like. Um, and, you know, even if you're just starting out and you might not have that put together, um, go ahead and maybe consider shooting it yourself or seeing if you can get some resources to kind of shoot it yourself. Um, obviously, what you're looking for the most is user generated content, because I think that's it's obvious that that's clear what that's what works the best. Uh, but at least if you can get an idea of what that finished product is supposed to look like, uh, it makes it a lot easier to kind of communicate that over to an influencer, to an affiliate that might not know very much about your product. And I have a few other questions for you. Uh, yeah. So uh, the first one is like, we did a case study a couple months ago that we found really interesting. It was a uh, athleisure fashion brand um, that only has a desktop uh, website. So there's no app or anything. And we were seeing like they only promote through influencer marketing and they were doing like six figures. They're very good at influencer marketing for performance. Um, but what I found was super interesting was that 97.5% of the traffic was coming from mobile devices. Um, so even though they like are not app or anything, like the mobile web experience was like where all the purchase were, purchases were happening from influencers. Um, so it, I'd love to, to learn a little bit more about what you guys have seen on your side. Um, in terms of influencer traffic coming from mobile devices versus coming from computers? Yeah, I would say, you know, we do Instagram specifically. So Instagram is mostly used on mobile. I would say pretty much all of our traffic comes through to people's website on mobile. And it's incredibly important to have that optimized just because that is the first touch. You don't want to have a poor site experience in terms of site speed or site performance, or even making sure that your call to action is uh, done well. Actually, you know, just talking about this, um, we had a previous podcast, um, I think a few weeks back with uh, someone who does landing pages specifically for e-commerce and direct-to-consumer brands. And one of the things that he mentioned was making sure you have some sort of, and you kind of alluded to this earlier with the Nike example you gave, um, have that dedicated kind of landing page that's created to optimize and be personalized for that experience. Because um, 
we're just getting so used to right now having very personalized touches. And I think that's the most important. But to answer directly your question, yeah, we're seeing most of the stuff go go directly to mobile. And uh, we actually don't even have, uh, for our influencers, we don't even have a uh, desktop app for them. It's just all mobile app because we found out that, you know, 90% of them were just using mobile. And uh, so, yeah, we decided to put all of our effort into into that section. Yeah, that's super interesting. And uh, something worth pointing out is that when you start dealing with mobile traffic, um, there's a lot of extra data points um, that are very specific to mobile devices. So for the first thing, um, every phone has a advertising device ID associated with it. It's called IDFA for Apple and uh, Google Ad ID for all Android devices. and these additional data points and stuff around that, around the carrier, et cetera, um, give you a lot of extra access into understanding like who's actually purchasing through these influencers. A lot of this data is easily accessible on the user click. Um, so you have all this data in, at once in Everflow. Um, and these additional metrics let you really evaluate like the quality traffic, where they're coming from, um, are they a real user, et cetera. Um, so just good things to keep in mind um, when you're dealing with mobile devices. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, mobile is going to be the way of the future, and it already is. And uh, really optimizing your experience, your checkout, even for those kind of things are are a great investment of your resources, especially when they're limited. Yeah, you should definitely start with mobile web optimization first at the same time or before you even start Influencer, just because like if you're... If you can't purchase through your mobile web experience, uh, you're probably not going to see much success from influencers, I would assume. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, the last question I had for you was just sort of like, typically when you're recommending a, like a new brand, say like small to midsize, they're starting influencer for the first time. Um, what type of budget and uh, creative should they have ready before they start? In terms of creatives, I would say having somewhere to point to especially so we do instagram obviously so um for us it's making sure you know you have your instagram account set up you've kind of at least started the beginnings you have some high quality content on your page even if it's just professionally generated content um having that exists because that kind of creates the authenticity and trust because most of the influencers and affiliates that you work with um you might be redirecting at some point to that Instagram page. So you definitely want to have that built out. Um, I would say that's very important. Your site, you want to be able to have a good presentation on your site. Um, just really things based on authenticity and trust, right? Most of us probably wouldn't go to a website and purchase that has a bunch of spam, spammy looking ads or not really any reviews or any information about the product itself or any of that stuff. So that's what we usually look for for most brands to have. In terms of budget, um, I would say it it kind of depends on what your goals are. So for us specifically, Trend is a little bit different than most other influencer marketing platforms, influencer content platforms in the sense that, you know, our our entry is... $500 is our purchase minimum for uh, brands to be able to enter the marketplace. And so 
we want to make it as easy as possible for brands to come in and get get their influencer content, get those influencer posts. Um, so I would say, you know, if you're really looking for results, though, I would recommend having about a thousand to two thousand dollars put aside for that first trial. Um, because like I said, the, the most value that you're going to see is obviously you're going to get value through the influencer posts. One other way that trend really likes to, you know, help coach our brands that are with us is talking about how do we get the most value out of the influencer marketing efforts we did, right? So that post is going to exist on that person's page forever, their own Instagram account forever. But usually in terms of showing up in someone else's feed, it's probably only going to be there for 24 to 48 hours. Um, with stories, it's 24 hours or less. And so there's a good opportunity that, you know, someone might miss that. Um, and someone might jump back to that page, uh, that person's account and see that content over there. But we also want to, we also recommend taking that content and repurposing it uh, through Facebook ads. Um, we're using it on Google ads and user generated content is obviously a big thing. That's really what helps drive conversions nowadays being able to see other people using your product and being able to feel like you can see yourself in that product. And so I think that's where the real value is. So putting together a thousand to $2,000 budget helps you, you know, generate that brand awareness you're looking for, maybe drive some sales as well. And then you can kind of take all of that content. So with trend, that's, that's about 20 to 10 to 20 pieces of content. Now you can take that content, throw it onto Facebook ads, and really test out uh, what creatives are working the best for driving sales, for driving conversions, uh, and then really go for there. Because I think the best way you succeed on, especially ad type of platforms, is through A-B testing. And the only way you can do that is by having multiple different creatives to test out. Yeah, and I think that with partner marketing as a whole, it's, it's sort of a virtuous cycle uh, between your partners and your paid marketing, um, as long as you're optimizing based on it. Because basically, like influencers and affiliates, they can only do so much to drive sales um, if your website isn't optimized to drive sales. But if you're taking that their promotions, you're using that to feed into um, a steady stream of like relatively low cost paid marketing, where you're just using that steady stream of, of uh, users that are pretty consistent to evaluate your website and optimize up the conversion funnel. The better a conversion funnel gets, the more affiliates and influencers are able to drive the performance that lets them really scale up. Um, so all these things should be done in junction. And uh, with Everflow, that's one of the things that we consider to be one of our biggest value adds is the ability to track the performance of your influencers, your affiliates, and your paid media. So you're seeing the performance from all of them. And then you can analyze what's really working what needs more focus and optimize accordingly while you're doing your internal uh, conversion rate optimization, um, because it none of like nothing lives in a, like a void. Like they're all interconnected, and the more you do one effectively, the better all these channels are going to work. Yeah, agreed. That's what we always try and push for. Is you know you want to be able to definitely throw throw yourself into multiple ways to be able to get the most out of your efforts, um, your influencer and affiliate efforts. Tracking is definitely a big, a big piece of that and doing, being able to be successful in that marketing channel. In terms of questions, I think I'm out of questions over here. Michael, I don't know if you have any other questions for me. I mean, I think it's always helpful to sort of walk through 
a little bit about when and where influencer marketing fits. So if I have a bright idea to like start an e-commerce company, uh, I set up on Shopify, I get my start going, I have like a product that I have ready to sell. Like at what point would you recommend influencer marketing start being tested and why? I would say probably once you get to maybe about the uh, 10 to $20,000 range for revenue in a month, just because um, you want to make sure you have enough revenue comparatively to what product you're launching in the industry that you're launching, just because you want to prove out that that product is a successful product and that it works before flipping on to influencers, because the thing is, if you don't have a really good product and, you know, you might be just white labeling some some random product or trying to to resell something, um, you might get a few sales. But if you can't really prove that out as an ongoing, continuous, uh, strong revenue model, then it's going to be very tough for you to see results from influencers, I think. So I think once you kind of feel like you get to that stage where, hey, I've got a really good product. Um, I'm able to consistently drive and increase my revenue over time. And now I'm ready to to really mass scale this. I think that's when you take the jump into influencer marketing. Um, I will say if you do have an established brand in the space and you are launching a new product, I think that's when you can also take a jump to influencer marketing as well. Because, you know, instead of just uh, you know, turning the wheels and doing the same thing over and over for that new product launch. Um, influencers and affiliates are a good way to supercharge that effort. And so I think that's when you can start jumping into it as well. I think that's, that's not a, that's all the questions I have. And I know we're, we're reaching close to time over here. So Michael, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. I'm really excited to share this with our audience, and I'm sure they can get some actionable tips to help improve their tracking and their influencer and affiliate, what they're doing um, a lot better. So thanks, Michael. And everyone, we'll see you guys next time on The Trend.